Hi, I'm Robin. And I'm Molly. And this is Home is Where the Murder Is. <laughs> it's 9.30 at night, folks. Do you know where your children are? No, actually. Well, I'm assuming mine's with his dad. My, same. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact. Hey, Guess what? We I enjoyed telling this case. This is actually the second time I'm going to tell it tonight because the first time we told this, our computer system was not working. So we get to do this all over again. So that means so, I know the case. You're not going to get my initial reactions, which is fine. That's um, okay. It's not like she can hide her reactions yeah, I was gonna say, very like, well. Gonna, I, I, this is a case that made me really angry, so uh, you're still going to get that because I'm still pissed about it from the first time I heard it. It's a case that will make you upset. I mean, yeah. you'll like the outcome at least. I mean, right? You liked what? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You'll find out. Yeah. So I have... It's funny because... We did not talk about this on the first episode. The first time we recorded this. <laughs> first, the first recording no, of this. We, sorry. yeah, we we did a trial run for everyone. For, it was like an hour and a half long. So, <sighs> so this is not going to be an hour and a half long. We're just going to run through it. But I just I went to the oh Jesus! I just went to the restroom, and we have French lavender soap. And I wonder what makes it French. Where it's grown. Really. So like France. French vanilla, is that why it's French vanilla? Yep. There's a difference between French vanilla and vanilla. Yep. And there's a difference between lavender and French lavender. Exactly. So like if lavender grows in Germany, then is it German lavender? Regular lavender. We only care about the French. <laughs> I don't think you're, you don't know. I don't know. Oh. Just confidence. So, so my hands smell like French lavender. I'm glad it's not just regular lavender kick me that's out. disgusting i know <laughs> only so. the finest here in our in our office yeah well so yeah the last time we recorded this we talked about how fucking cold it was and all sorts of other things but it is do that. no i'm <laughs> gonna tell you how cold it is it's super cold mount horb schools were closed today because it was so cold the buses yeah. couldn't get going and it made and like, it made news news, news headlines today yeah so there's that because the school buses could get moving well they they started to, but then they couldn't continue. So yeah, we had another school um yeah school closure day. Yeah, well, what can you do? We didn't we didn't buy us. So yeah, but I also don't understand the why people get pissed off that their kids have to go to school when it's negative two outside or whatever. Like what do they? This it's just all everybody on Facebook right now is like, oh the wind chill. It's negative twenty six. I don't want to send my kids to school. And it's like. You know, they're going from your car to the school. Yeah. Like, I dropped off Logan this morning and then went about my day, which would be, was me walking in and out of places and showing houses and doing things. I survived. I know. But there's some parents that were like, I can't send my kid to school today. What do you... Do you think they're going to send them outside for a recess and watch them they freeze do, to death? They do not send no. them outside in so this weather. So what difference does it make if they are inside the school? I think some kids have to wait outside for the bus and that's the problem. That's the only thing I think some parents are upset about. But Then don't send but, your kid. Right. Then you have or the option. To, right. Or you have the option to keep your child home. Yeah. You always have that option. I, don't know, I just don't see why it needs to make Facebook news. Like stop it. Right. Or a post. People are abusing the Facebook. It is not a place. Till the end of time, people will abuse the Facebook. I'm so over it. Stop 
posting your little bitchy attitudes, okay? That will never stop on Facebook. It needs to. Never, ever will it. I'm so sick of seeing uh, in your town. The, I shouldn't say your town. I'm Miss Mount Horeb. Miss right? Mount Horeb. This is you yours. Guys, you guys. You stop. have to claim it. Stop with the garbage can posts. Never. That is that is the and biggest thing right now. The, the garbage cans were supposed to be picked up and they didn't get picked up. And it's the end of the world in this town. It is. And, and in the summer, it's about dog poop. Dog poop is the end of the world. Yep. So. If only those were the biggest problems that we all had to worry in about. In apparently that's all it is. So no, I know. If you're looking for a nice place to live where your biggest problem is your garbage can getting picked up and people not picking their dog poo up, come and live with us. That should be your slogan. Can you put that on a pin? Yep. Yep. Put it on a pin. I bet I can. Put it on a bumper sticker. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. All right, let's just do your murder because I don't want to be here anymore. I got to drive all the way home. Because you forgot your... Computer. And your... Purse. And your... Chapstick. Everything is at home. I'm so disappointed. She was just going to stay overnight. Just going to stay overnight. But nope. Nope. But now I have to drive all the way back to Milwaukee, which is an hour and 45 minute drive. And now we have to reset record again for the second time because it didn't stick the first time. And I swear to God, if it doesn't stick this time, what? My head will fucking spin off. It'll be the exorcist up exorcist. here. I, I'm, I'll cry the whole way home. And there will be no more podcasts. It'll end here. This could be it, guys. So. Anyway. Well, you won't even know because it won't Does even it won't be. You won't even know. All of a sudden, it'll we'll just know. be off there. Off, we'll know. We'll just delete everything. Yeah. No. It'll be fine. Okay. So. I have a story to tell you. Do you? What could it be about? <laughs> you want to guess? Is it a murder? It sure is. Oh okay. my gosh. So this is, so this was a story that I hadn't actually heard about, okay. which I was surprised that I hadn't heard about this murder case. So this is the Tote family murders. Alrighty. So I know now you have heard about this, yeah. but had you heard about it? I had not. And when we... Because before tonight, you had briefed me on it a little right. bit. And I'm surprised. That right. Af- now, it. especially now after yeah. hearing about this, are you, aren't you? are you surprised you'd never heard Very about this? Very surprised that yeah. this isn't a bigger deal right. than it was. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Because sure. it's it had not that long ago either. No, this is a pretty recent case. This is during the around pandemic time. Right? Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. So. All right. So we're getting into the new year and it's time to settle into a case, like I said, that I hadn't heard about, but it's super sad and disturbing, as most cases are that we cover. Like I said, I'm surprised that I hadn't heard about this and anything that has family murder in the title, you know that it's going to be pretty messed up. Word. So trigger warning, it does have death of children and of a family pet. So if that's not something you're interested in hearing about, Go ahead. Part of me wants to just get up and leave. So, <laughs> so then Robin leaves. I don't want to hear it for a I know, second, a second time. time. But at I least you know what's coming. I know, but I didn't like it the first time. I know. Around. I'm I so sorry. Like being punished. You're, you are being punished. <laughs> so, but I feel like a lot of us that are here know. I mean, you're here for a reason. We are here for a reason to tell these awful, awful stories. So here we, here we go. Okay. okay. Anthony, or Tony Tote, was a physical therapist that ran family physical therapy and also a sports practice in Colchester, Connecticut for almost 10 years. P. 
People there knew Tony as sort of a big shot of the town, and he was always the go-to person for anything PT-related. He was also the sort of person that you could go to for anything and would help when asked. So kind of everyone knew him. He was that guy, you know. He was well-known in the area. Okay. Okay. Tony was married to Megan, who he had been with since high school, so high school sweetheart. Megan was also in physical therapy. She had her master's degree, but now she homeschooled her and Tony's three children. There was Alex, who was 13, Tyler, 11, and Zoe, who was four. During the winter, the entire family would be in Florida, and then then in the summer, they would go back up and be in Connecticut, while Tony would just fly back and forth from Connecticut to Florida and run the practice. He would fly home on the weekends into Florida to be with them during the winter. He must have had a good chunk of miles saved up. No kidding, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they owned two homes. They were doing pretty well for themselves. I'd say. Yeah. So their home in Florida was in Celebration. So Celebration, Florida, which you might have heard of. Yes, I have heard of it, and I've been there. Yeah. It is near Orlando. Yep. It's near Orlando, and it's a pretty special place. It was actually developed by the Walt Disney Company. And at one time, Celebration was actually named one of America's 10 prettiest towns. Yeah, well, I've been there, and it was. It was, uh, it's like out of a fairy tale, to be honest with you. It just is beautiful. The houses are huge and gorgeous and decorated and nice, and it's just, I don't know, feels like you're walking on a movie set, to be honest with you. Yeah. So. And they actually, so the HOA is there and everything, like, it. everything has to be, there's a lot of rules, regulations mm-hmm. if you live there, like, you have to, like, ha- only have one car that can be parked on the street. Like, there's just, like, a lot of things that you have yeah, to follow. So, sure. needless to say, they lived in a very nice neighborhood. These houses are gorgeous, right? Okay. So, again, doing pretty well for themselves. Living the life, right? So during November of 2019, Tony was being watched by the FBI because he was believed to be running some sort of fake billing scheme with Medicare fraud. Well, that's interesting. Yep, that took a turn, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they were doing pretty well for themselves, but um, because of some fraud. Interesting. Yeah. Like, how do you get, how do you get into that line of work? You know, (laughs) it's just, you know, you see that money and you take that money, right? Yes. So, I mean, I wonder how his brain worked to where all of a sudden he just saw it come through one day as an error and he was like, wait a minute. He's like, wait a minute, I can just take that, eh? So, allegedly he was billing clients for sessions that never happened. And he was also billing clients that were no longer going to either practice. So... One thing that, like, one instance that really stuck out, one specific day, both of his practices were closed, and actually, Tony had his license license suspended. Yet, on that day, 16 clients were being billed for services on that day. Hmm. So. Interesting. So, his license yeah. is suspended. Yeah. And, and he's, I wonder how that works. Like, yep. if your license is suspended, like, can you, your office even operate? I think that if no one knows. I mean, if he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, like if you get something taken away and like, I mean, it's not like you're going around telling people, hey, guess what? My license got suspended. Yeah, I guess. I just would wonder if if they'd like come around and shut you down. Yeah, I don't know how quickly that works. Like, because like for your real estate, for a real estate license, you, you can't, um, if your license doesn't work, you can't even get on your MLS. Yeah. Well, and I guess too that if, you know, 
he's just billing clients anyways and doing the I fraud thing. So. It doesn't really matter if your license is suspended. I he's just so. going through and doing that. Yeah, so the staff then began to call patients to let them know that Tony had a family emergency and had to fly back down to Florida to be with his wife. But he wasn't coming back, and eventually patients were told that the practice was going to be closing. And as you can guess, with having two homes, two practices, flying back and forth, Tony had gotten himself into some pretty big financial problems. Tony says that Megan had no idea of the money issues the family was having, however. It was something that he kept to himself, and he took on all that pressure, which can be a lot. Does that sound familiar? Yes, it does. Yep. So money issues, that can be a lot to take on when you're trying to hide it from your family and try to keep up this appearance of what you have going on, right? Yeah. So on December 6th, 6th, 2019, they were given a notice of eviction of their home in Florida. So I heard a notice of eviction. It could be foreclosure since they own the home. What I would listen to was eviction. So as far as I know, they own the home. But since it was eviction, could they be renting? Yeah. Little unclear on the wording there, but that's what what I listened to said. But okay, anyway, so due to missing payments, which they had only moved into since May of 2019, so that's pretty quick to be missing payments. They had about five thousand dollars in back payments due, which they must have been doing partial payments since their payments were close to four thousand a month, which makes me believe that it would was a mortgage, probably a mortgage, yeah, but. I mean, again, that yeah. that's a little cloudy there. Well, then again, maybe not. I don't know. Well, I feel like because the rent, I feel like, would have been more for that whole house. Yeah. That's why I think it would you know, if they were renting it, I feel like yeah. it would be paying more. Because it's a big house. Yeah, yeah. It was a big house. So. But Tony was trying to get out of this by taking out loans. Oh. Not Who's something. giving him these loans? Any <laughs> Anybody. Not always a good idea. And the money billing scam, not a good idea. Tony had at least 20 high interest rate loans in his name. Money oh. from the scheme to cover the loans and then the loans to cover the practice and then the practice could cover his home life. So that was kind of how it was broken down. Yeah. The FBI had actually traced the beginnings of his money issues all the way back to 2015. And then in 2017, they had seen a transfer of around $99,000. So it went all the way back to 2015 is when things really started to happen. So this had been going on for a while. On December 15, um, 14th, excuse me, the family attended a holiday concert that the kids were in and They gave a gift to the music teacher, um, and this was the last time that the family was seen out and about in public alive. Okay. Don't like that. No, it's not something to like. (laughs) Since it was December and the holiday season, not everyone in the family... Um, not and not everyone in the family lived nearby. Remember, they're in Florida. People were trying to start to get a hold of Megan and the kids because they'd sent gifts. It's you know Christmas time. It's what you do, right? You get a hold of people, wish them yeah, Merry Christmas. Hey, sure. did you get my gift? Did you get my card? Yeah. Megan's aunt finally got a text response back from Megan, who told her the family was visiting St. Augustine and would not have their phones on them. Yeah, I don't understand that. Which is an interesting response. Yeah. Then she said the entire family was sick and could not talk on the phone, which is interesting. You know, the red flags, Molly. I know. It, okay. 
Next, the only member of the family anyone could get a hold of was Tony. Mm. Not good. He told them that Megan and the kids had come down with the flu and couldn't talk. They were sleeping, resting, but they had arrived in St. Augustine and they were going to go off the grid. Okay. Which isn't what you want to hear. That was the last time any member of the family got a response from the Tote family. Okay. And they were alarmed, I imagine, right? They were. Okay. Yeah. Because the family loved, you know, like they were a, cl- a pretty close family. Yeah, like sure. they, it's not like they were estranged. Like they, you know, this well, was alarming. Yeah. They were trying to get a hold of them. Well, and it is weird during the holidays. And it's, Yeah, especially during the holidays. Like, you know, and it, you know, May, April situation when you don't try, you know, eh. it's December. <laughs> okay. You know? Right. Yeah. So on December 29th, they called the police in Florida requesting a welfare check on Megan and the kids. When the police arrived, no one answers, but they looked around and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. So they left. Okay. There's not a whole lot they can do right away if there's not right. any reason for alarm. The family was also known to travel a lot, so the police just figured they were probably traveling. Besides having homes in two states, they also liked to travel, which is one of the reasons that they did homeschool the kids, too. So okay. police were like, nothing seems weird here. We're yeah. going to head out. Tony knew that he was under investigation and had been talking to the FBI, but at one point said he needed to stop, you know, conversations, get a lawyer. Yep. Duh. Right, Tony? Like. Yeah. Obviously, he was supposed to return to Connecticut after the holidays to get his lawyer who was in Florida, but he didn't return to Connecticut by the deadline of January 8th. Okay. Okay. So on January 9th, they reached out, the FBI reached out to the local police to inform them of the investigation they had been running on Tony and asked them to go by the home to basically check on him. Just be like, hey, you know, can we haven't heard from him. Can you go check on him? Like, yeah. we're running this investigation. Again, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Neighbors also said everything seemed fine at the time. Like, okay. you know, haven't heard, you know, yeah. nothing weird. Finally, on January 13th, police went back to serve Tony a warrant for his arrest. So things escalated a bit yeah. there because he hadn't. He was supposed well, to be I mean, showing up and he... You can't keep putting that stuff on the You know what? Burner. When the FBI is wanting you know, to talk to you about you, things, you better talk to the you FBI. Start yep. When the police arrived and, and Tony opened the door, they could smell a strong, foul odor. Oh. That is not what you want when you no. open the door. No. Before they opened the door, they could see Tony like sitting on the couch like through the door to... Yeah. Um, and Tony, when he opened the door, he seemed very out of it. He was like shaky and sweaty. Like he didn't seem well. Yeah. They asked him if anyone was home and he answered that his wife was sleeping upstairs and that he thought his kids were at a sleepover. Mm, okay. There's also no evidence of Christmas inside or outside the house, which was very strange. Like yeah. even though this was like about two weeks after Christmas, yeah. I mean, no evidence, like no decorations up inside, outside, you know, empty boxes. Yeah. There's it's like nothing. Okay. Nothing happened. Which was also very unusual for the homes in Celebration, Florida. For sure. They usually just like went all out for yeah. Christmas. So Okay. 
Police then entered the home and called out for Megan and received no answer. They headed upstairs where Tony said Megan was sleeping and where the bedrooms were, and the smell kept getting stronger and stronger. And then that's where they found where the smell was coming from. There in the master bedroom, they found Megan on the bed and then the three kids on a mattress next to her and the family dog, Breezy. Oh. And they were all dead. Oh, my gosh. Megan had two stab wounds in her abdomen. Each of their sons each had one stab wound in their their abdomen, and their daughter, Zoe, didn't appear to have any stab wounds. And each of the humans were all wrapped up in blankets, and they all had early signs of decomposition, and they were all colorless. Oh, that's so sad. While the police were... There, Tony told them that he had taken a bunch of Benadryl and talked about suicide and self-harm, so he was taken to a nearby hospital for evaluation Mm -hmm. and then into custody pretty quickly. Yep. And while he was in custody, it was there he confessed to killing his wife, his three children, and the dog. He was then charged with four counts of first-degree murder and one count of animal cruelty. Well, at least he came clean, right? He did. I mean, it's on... They videotaped it, you know, so they, yeah. During the autopsies, it was determined that the family was stabbed to death, um, that they were stabbed post-mortem after being drugged with Benadryl, and they were also suffocated to death. So So they were suffocated after they were given Benadryl. Okay. And then they were stabbed post-mortem. what was the point of stabbing them if they were already dead? Don't know. Don't know. He's an asshole. Right. There's just no. How do you stab your kids? Yeah, I don't know. With um Zoe, the four-year-old, she was so small. They and her body was too decomposed, so an official cause of death could not be determined, and they couldn't see if there was any stab wound for sure. Can you imagine the law enforcement that found this scene? No, I cannot. Oh, hate it. So Tony lived in this house with his dead family members from the end of December until he was arrested mid-January. So around two and a half weeks to almost three weeks. Yeah. He's just... Yeah. Living with... Yeah, just living there. All right. That's crazy. And the smell and just that upstairs. Yep. Just living there. Like, just watching TV. Just living. Yeah. All right, well... He called his sister in May of 2020 and told her he couldn't even remember this time. Of course not, because now you're in trouble. Right. And according to Tony, he was not guilty and he couldn't even remember to confessing to the crimes. Of course not. He wrote a letter to his father and said he was 10,000% innocent of the crimes and wrote to him about how much he loved his family and then made sure he blamed his wife, Megan. Oh, yeah. Let's blame the woman that can't defend herself. Right. Because, you know... But he loved his family. But But he loved his family. But it was all Megan's fault. Got it. Yep. Megan did it. Fucking prick. Yep. So, yeah. Blame Megan, you might be wondering. Well, Tony goes on to say that Megan actually murdered the three children and the dog before them taking her own life right in front of him. So, Um, there's going to be two different accounts I tell you about how the murders happened. This is one way. According to Tony... Megan had depression, Lyme disease, a history of miscarriages, and other, and other health issues that made her do what she did. As you can probably guess, there is no evidence that actually supports that she 
did what she did, right? Right. The stab wounds on everyone were from a downward angle, which means that they were made by someone else. But everyone else that knew Megan said that all of these major health issues that Megan had didn't really debilitate her like Tony claimed it did and that she wouldn't have done this. Okay. Tony went on to say that Megan would have days that she would be in so much pain that she couldn't even function. No one else says that this is the case. While she was diagnosed with Lyme disease, this is true, living in a warmer client probably did help her deal with any issues she did have. Others that knew her say that she also never spoke of what Tony says next. Tony goes on to say that when he got home one day, Megan was at the top of the stairs, and when he asked her where the kids were, she told him that they would be fine now that he was home. She told him about an apocalyptic vision that she had and that there would be an invasion taking place. So she killed him, killed them all to release their souls to save them. Tony was planning on making a nonprofit foundation in the names of the members of his family once he got out of prison. Oh, no. So that's the quick version of what happened. I go more into detail. Um. So basically but, saying Megan killed the, killed the children and then she killed herself. So at this point, we've heard three different accounts. We've heard him confess. Yeah. And then we've heard him blame his wife in two different other ways. Basically. Correct? I mean, basically. Yeah. Okay. So in September of 2021, Tony's trial began. In total, Tony changed his story up about three times, but one of his confessions was thrown out since he wasn't properly read his Miranda rights. Come on, guys. We just... But, I know, I know. Yapping, just random out. And I mean, properly read. I mean, who knows? Who knows, right? The other two confessions were deemed legal, even though his defense team tried to argue that at least one of them should be thrown out because their client was suicidal and dealing with a Benadryl overdose at the time. That was right when he was taken, you know, from Uh the house. But so just because he's suicidal doesn't mean that he didn't. What he had to say didn't. matter suicidal it's really probably because he just killed his whole family and he's probably being the most honest that he ever yeah yeah. the judge did rule though did rule that the federal health care fraud investigation which was dismissed in february of 2021 and his mental health after his arrest um could not be mentioned in the trial which those two things seem pretty important to me but sure yeah i don't understand why those were ruled out you have motive right and i mean someone's mental health it's funny how you get to pick and choose when that doesn't matter you know like that's everyone's go-to is mental health oh they were crazy therefore they shouldn't be guilty yeah i don't know why but it ends up not mattering so that's okay of course, he pled not guilty, even though he did confess to the murders of, um, you know, all three of those times. Like, he confessed three times, even right. though one time didn't count, count with quotation marks. Okay. It was then during the trial that the video of Tony being interviewed by the police was shown where he admits how he killed his family. It was here that Megan and Tony had a death pact instead of just Megan having the apocalyptic visions and killing the family on her own. In that video, he says, it appealed to her and appealed to me as well. Salvation and everlasting life, Tony said. So this is the fourth scenario? This is like the one from the video. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yep. Okay. So I'm, this is like from I, the video. I heard this and I'm like, but I'm I know. Tired, it was a like, lot okay. to like follow when I was trying yeah. to like write this all out. Yeah. So this is like his initial confession to the police in the video. Okay. Yep. 
So on day two of the trial, jurors were shown the interview with the sheriff's detectives from January 15th, 2021. So when he was arrested yep. from the house. In that interview, he talked about the pact that him and Megan had made for the family to cross to the other side together ahead of the end of the world apocalypse. But no one else knew about their religious beliefs. No one knew about this. And um, apparently they even had sat down with the children and asked, like, if mom and dad die, what what would you guys want to do? And they said, well, we would want to be with you. We would want to die, too. No. Yep. Right. I know. Kids aren't saying that shit. Kids aren't saying that. So apparently these discussions started all the way back in April of 2019, and they researched just how they would go about it to... um, Together, they researched this all together to put their children to sleep and have them bleed to death. In the video, he went into detail about how each child was killed. Tony said that he gave the family Benadryl to make them sleepy. Megan had actually baked a pie with Benadryl and Tylenol PM in it and served it to all the kids. They together killed Zoe first. She, Zoe, rolled and started swiveling, and I put a hand over her mouth and laid on her to keep her down and put a pillow on top. Next, they killed 13-year-old Alex. I stabbed him, and he started kicking. He was trying to get up and tried rolling. I reached around and held his nose and mouth, and he was rolling and kicking and eventually stopped. Then they stabbed and suffocated 11-year-old Tyler. They were most worried about Tyler since he was the strongest and quickest kid. They felt like if he got away from them that he would get out and ruin the whole thing oh gosh right the children were found oh he also talked about how he suffocated the family dog in the bedroom too the children were found wearing rosary beads while they were killed the next night tony said that megan drank some wine with tylenol pm and stabbed herself multiple times Mm -hmm. 45 minutes later she didn't feel anything happening so she drank a big bottle of benadryl and asked tony to suffocate her with a pillow telling him that if you love me, you will do this. I want to be with my babies. Once she passed, he then talked about how he tried to take his own life, first by overdosing on Benadryl, then shooting himself with a BB gun, and then hanging himself from the end of the bed. Wait a second. With a BB gun. BB because gun, he couldn't he couldn't get a regular gun fast enough. BB gun didn't do it for him. It didn't do it. Well, I'm shocked. Right? Shocking. The effort that man was putting in. I know. He went to get more Benadryl at the store and kept trying to take his own life, but never succeeded. He eventually moved all the bodies together into the same room. He also talked about a note that him and Megan wrote together on one of their phones to explain what they did that was supposed to be printed out. So did they have that note for in the courts? Or no, no. Interesting. That note, no. And it's typed, so it's not even in her hand or anything. Nope, exactly. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. He talked about how he had that note, but that it, it's, it was a confusing. They did talk about the note in the trial. I, I, there's a really great podcast on this, a 14-part episode podcast on this, and that he found this note in his pocket, but he peed himself, and it got all urine-soaked, <laughs> and then it, it, it's a whole thing. Like, And then he tried to retype the note because it wasn't like, there were edits that needed to be made, oh, and sure. like yeah. it, it's a whole thing. So they didn't get the note done, but the killings got done. Yes, exactly. Got it. Yep. Cool, cool. It's a whole thing. I'm like, okay, Tony. Yeah. So the next day, Tony was the only witness the defense called. 
Tony was clear in saying that his wife, Megan, killed the children, then turned a knife on herself. When he was questioned by his defense attorney, um, Robert Wesley, Tony talked about how the once Catholic Megan replaced her views and now followed a religious group that was promoting holistic medicine and spoke about an afterlife, and that was the ultimate cure. He went on to say that when he left to go to their condo, but never made it out of the driveway and fell asleep in the van the entire night. He woke up the next morning and went back inside and the children are all dead and Megan had killed them herself so that she that they could reach the afterlife. Then she started to stab herself to commit suicide. Wait, is this another version then? This is what actually happened according to him, not the video. Oh, okay. Not his confession from the video. This is the next day on the stand that but he wasn't there wasn't there he right he's saying he's he wasn't there when the kids died right okay. megan killed him megan killed them he he was he was asleep in the van all night why is he sleeping in a van so he actually he left he was leaving to go to their condo yeah i got that part but why is he sleeping at the van? He didn't. He was taking a rest. Oh, was he? Well, how yep. convenient. Yep. And he never, he just fell asleep in the van all night. Because you know how you do that. All the time. Just. All night. All night long. Don't. Like, Absolutely. Not, don't get uncomfortable and toss and turn. Yep. And decide this is He was just so tired from being an yeah. asshole. So. Jeez, nice. Right? I mean, yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> So he woke up, went inside, and everyone was dead. Oh, my God. And then Megan started stabbing herself. That is why you don't sleep in the van. And, he, and, and, then, and then you might be wondering, why didn't he call anyone? Megan yeah. hit all the phones. She hit the phones? She hit all the phones that oh, Megan. Oh, my God. And I'm guessing he just couldn't run outside and get the neighbors you know, to call You know, want to know why? No. Why? They're all snowbirds. He tried calling out the window for help. Oh, he did, but they, they couldn't. Yep. You oh. should really listen to him talk about this in this wow. podcast. What they, a very unfortunate situation yep. for him. The whole time you're like, okay, Tony. Okay, okay, Tony. Yeah. So like, so this is a very different telling of what happened versus yeah. his video confession to the, the right. to the sheriffs. Yeah. When he was arrested. Right. Very, very different. These are two sudden, very different stories. He's a victim himself. I mean, he. Yes. He was just asleep. Oh my in gosh. The van. He was just sleeping in the van and he came in and Megan killed his entire family. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. We so, Megan and the dog, funny. Megan and the dog that he, uh, wait. So, wait a yeah. second. I just have to say something. Yeah. We are just like pouring out the sarcasm. In this I know. Episode. Like, if people are wondering, we're tired. We're tired. Like, we are just, but this guy is just <laughs> such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> So, and also Tony said that he didn't remember anything else from that day after, like, oh, coming no. in and, like, Megan doing this. He must not have remembered anything for for two weeks because... He didn't. He thought his wife was upstairs sleeping as nope. the whole house stunk right. of, you know, de decaying flesh. So, the only thing I do want to point out that in his confession, he said that he stabbed everyone be before they died. But in the autopsies, they said that everyone was stabbed post-mortem. Well, so, I mean, like, that's the only thing that, like, yeah. like, like we we had talked about yeah. in our first recording. Yeah. But, like, um, this the interesting part is, like, 
he can't, like you were saying yeah. before, like he can't admit to like that he stabbed him afterwards. Well, that's just what, yeah. And so but like, it's just, it's just like the thing that just never really gets cleared up to right. me in like the whole like trial either. Yeah. So well, that's why, because that's what I think is the smoking gun is that he, somebody had to have stabbed all four of them yeah. after they were dead. And he's the only. Or three of them at least, because they couldn't find anything on Zoe. Okay. But, but yeah, yes. but so yes. he had to have stabbed them after they were dead already. Yeah. And he's saying that his wife did it. So how did she stab herself after she was dead? Right. I know. So it's he's, just. He's saying that it happened while they were alive because yeah, he has to. I know. Because he's got nothing to go on. I know. Guilty motherfucker. I and know. you know what else bothers me? And I we did not talk about this the first time around because it just came to me. Yeah. Before it came to light that they were dead, he was telling the family that they were going to St. Augustine. They were going off the grid for a while. He did all that. Yeah. So. If he was so shocked by his wife's actions, why was he telling them that, you know, the family weeks in, uh, in advance that they weren't going to be around for a while? I don't know. Because he's a guilty motherfucker. Right. So. Oh, yeah. I don't know how. How you can't just laugh at his. I know. Ridiculous and like you just excuse. have to listen to him on the stand yeah. too. like you really just have to like you're listening to him. You're just like, gosh, are you, can you even take yourself seriously, yeah. sir? Like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm, so. I'm, I'm going to listen to that podcast. Not tonight because I'm. You can't. I can't listen to this, like the story. Again More of the story. Time, yeah. But I am going to because that sounds really good. Yeah, it was. So. So then um, he goes on to say, I wanted to protect my wife. I took the blame for everything. I had no clue how my kids died, he said. When asked if he killed his family by his defense attorney, his response was a quick no. Wait a second. He said he didn't know how his kids died? No, because he remember he came inside and Megan had just... Then how did he explain it later on? He was just trying to take the blame for Megan, remember? No, I'm saying... No, I know. I'm saying the second part where he's like, Megan... Oh, so you're... I'm saying... So he's... When he said he stabbed them while they were alive, he was trying to take the fall for the yep. wife that he's blaming this on? Yeah. Got it. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So, following about two hours of testimony and cross-examining, the defense rusted its own case. So then they were like, done. Got nothing well, else. got nothing. Yeah, they have nothing. This guy is a walking time bomb. Yeah. He's just destroying his case. Yep. So during the cross-examination... Tony talked about how Megan had many medical conditions and that they had even hired help to help raise the kids. He went back over the night again, too, saying it was all Megan's doing. Again, he said he remembered nothing between the night after the deaths and that he actually fell down the stairs and woke up in the jail cell. I thought I was in purgatory with the red floor and the white sky. He said, my wife killed her kids and killed herself, he said. Notice how he said her kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. He yeah. fell down the stairs and woke up in jail. Yep. If he remembers not nothing. Quote, if that's not a quote, I don't know what Yeah, he remembers nothing. And that's the story he went with. The evidence doesn't line up with what he said. However, there is no way to show that Megan was involved in any way. The, the wonderful podcast I keep talking about, it's called Looking for the Tote Family. And it's like 14 episodes long. It covers like 10 episodes like talking about like the entire case leading up to the trial and then like four episodes of like the trial. So it's really good. And then there's even like a, a Q&A episode. So it's it's really awesome. Yeah. So looking for the tote family. Okay. So before Judge um, Karsten read the sentence, a statement from Megan's aunt and godmother was read. Megan lived her life with lots of empathy for everyone, she said. 
The kids were very talented. He crushed my parents. Megan was the gentlest person. I used to warn her many times about him. Ooh, that's sad. Just like, yeah, since shivers a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Tony then addressed the judge and said, I did not do this. This was a personal catastrophe. I maintain my innocence. I did everything I could for my wife as her health got progressively worse. She was kept on a pedestal for me and my kids. I negated myself to do for my wife. It wasn't a control factor. I loved my wife. I loved my children. I was not there the night my children died. I asked Megan to get help. Public defender Robert Wesley tried to stop Tony as he was speaking. Judge Carson doesn't have the authority to overthrow the verdict. You are not helping yourself. <laughs> He's like, shut up, you idiot, basically. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. So finally, on April 14th, he was sentenced to four consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. Good. Judge Carson told Tony that he destroyed the world of his now deceased oh. family members. Yeah. Bye, Tony. One year of additional incarceration was added to his sentence for animal cruelty charges for killing the family dog, Breezy. Yeah, like, what a dick. He killed the fucking dog, too. Yeah. Like, even, if, like, I know his motive was that he didn't want his family to find out about his financial thing. Basically, yeah. So, right now, you're think like, maybe you're not thinking, but I'm thinking, you should have just killed your fucking self and let them figure it out on the... Whatever. Right, or just leave. Or just, just leave, go. whatever. Just go, whatever, do it. Head to Mexico. But you kill your wife and your kids, like, what the fuck did they do? And then yeah. you kill a dog... What did the dog do? Is the dog going to tell us? Trying you? to make this look like a whole, like. Yeah, like, it's just disgusting. Right. And then I to know. blame your wife, you kill her, and then you blame her for killing her kids? You son of a bitch. I'm going to write him a note that says. I'm going to write him a note. I'm going to write him a note. I'm going to write tote a note. Tote a note that <laughs> says, you're a son of a bitch. You're a real son of a bitch. Yeah. You know what, so, we should do that. We should have a nice night with our listeners where we all write notes to these assholes. Guys are real son of a bitches. <laughs> so I got a little twist for you here. Oh, good. So there's a little more to this story. So back when Tony was four years old. Okay. He was home with his mom one night when they were subject to a home invasion while his dad was at work. Oh. His mom was shot in the face. Holy shit. But she lived. Oh, good. Tony saw the entire thing, however. Oh, no. And when the intruders saw Tony saw the entire thing, they picked him up, put him back in his room and into his bed. That's Can you imagine creepy. that when you're four years old? No. Like seeing your mom get shot in the face and then the this person that shoots your mom grabs you and puts you in your room and puts you to bed? Oh, my gosh. No, no. thanks. So a few months later, it comes out that these people were actually hired by his father to kill his mother. Oh, my gosh. His dad was living a double life and having an affair and planning to marry the other woman and wanted to get rid of his mom. So then just leave your wife. I know. It was back in oh, the olden days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you just took care of business. Just took care of it. That's, there was no divorce back in that There was day. no divorce. You just killed him. So his father was convicted of this crime and sent to prison. Oh, good. Tony and his mom continued to live in the same house for around another year. But after seeing what he saw, he started to have nightmares, obviously. I can't believe they stayed in the house. Yeah, they did move out after about a year, though. 
But it makes you wonder, nature versus nurture, like, did this affect Tony? Like, I feel like it has to. Like, did this give him ideas, like, later on? Like, this is how you take care of things when life gets too hard. Life gets hard, yeah. Like, like, what a weird, like, That's crazy. I mean, it's such a big deal. Like, it's very sad that that happened. It's super sad it happened. Not an excuse for what he... Do you know, and this is probably a stretch, but do you know if his mom was alive when he killed his family? I don't know, for sure. I wonder about that. Yeah. I'm like, how sad. Oh, my gosh, right? So, but yeah, I I thought that that, like, what a twist, like, that that happened in his life back when he was four, and then, like, he ends up growing up and killing his entire family. Oh, yeah, and his dad doesn't believe that his son killed, like, that his son did this. Stop it. No, oh, absolutely not. Oh, my God, it's like the the king of narcissism. Oh, yeah. And then his 100%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, (laughs) so yeah, that's the story of Tony. Wow. And. How he uh, killed his family and blamed Tony, his wife. Tony totes a dickhead. Yeah. So that's an awful story. And it's an awful story. I mean, definitely thinking of the, the tote family for everything they went through. Yeah, it's so sad. It's, Those poor children. Oh. Uh, and Megan, but I mean, especially the, the kids. kids. Like, I mean, yes, but as adults. At least you've lived some life. These kids were these so kids. innocent. Like, I know. Oh, my God. I hate it. But. And so dog. I know. I just, I don't know what the dog looked like, but I have this mental image of what he looked like, and it makes me so sad. Yeah. I hate it all. I hate it, and I had to listen to it twice, and I hate it even more. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's not your fault. I know. It's it's the ghost. I know. So, a little about the house. It's at 202 Reserve Place Celebration, Florida. Built in the year 2000. It's four bed. Three and a half bath, 3,263 square feet. It was recently updated um, from the last listing. There's a main house, and then there's also a studio apartment over the garage, which is about 600 square feet. So it was bought April 25th, 2019 for $650,000, and that's what I assume the Tote family bought it for. Um then it was listed for rent actually on June twelfth, twenty twenty, which would be after the murders, and then it was finally finally sold on May fifteenth, twenty twenty one, for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it was most recently sold on May twenty fifth, twenty twenty three, for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars again. So it didn't. It's crazy no. that it didn't increase in value. I'm guessing. No. I wonder if the murder had something. Yeah, with it because it's kind of just interesting. It just kind of stayed. Market, yeah. yeah, kind of just stayed That's where it was at. Yeah. Huh. So, so yeah, but I mean, it, the house is. I mean, it's a beautiful area, beautiful yeah. house, like. So and huge. he killed. He killed them in different rooms, and then moved them into the, into the yeah. master bedroom. Was yeah. that what happened? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, and then they moved, They were all, like, on a it's mattress so next to yeah. the, yeah. It's just so sad. Like, the whole case itself is sad, but, like, it's also in what, like, Walt Disney created as this happy I know. Very, yeah. Like, not only did he destroy his family, but he ruined that that neighborhood, that, yeah. that child, beautiful yeah. vision. He's a complete dick. He's, yeah. Like, yeah, he's up, he's up there as one of the worst people I think we've ever. Discussed. Oh, he's awful. So he's awful. And then to and not, how he just denies things and just blames things on his wife just, and like just you're not oh, getting out. You're never getting. You're out never of getting jail. out. You're done. Just be just, honest. Just admit it. Yeah. Just say what you did. Like yeah. you've already admitted it. Like you're 
you're you're not going to heaven, buddy. If that's no. what you're, you think this is, that you can hang on to some fake innocence. Yeah. You, God knows what you did. Yeah, he's, you yeah. Can, you can tell us till you're blue in the face that you didn't do it. It's not about us. It's about, you know, your, your truth. Yeah. You no, destroyed, he's, yeah. he's the you. worst. I don't like him. No. Well, thanks again. You're so welcome. Let's hope we don't have to do it a third this, time. If, I'm telling you, if this doesn't stick... That's the end of our podcast. It won't be. That's a lie. And if that isn't the case and you are hearing this, please be sure to check out our website. I, my sound, I sound so monotone right now because I'm just fucking stuck. You're so stuck. tired. Um, our website, www.homeiswherethemurderis. Robin updated it with our sponsors. I did. I did, I did some updates on that. The Three Musketeers. Yep. We got Vesta's Visions, Hinzi Homemade, and Aaron Schmitz on there. So, And then our show information is on there. Yep. So we're going to... Our live show is coming up, so we hope to see you there. Yeah, February 16th at Kelly's Bleachers in Milwaukee. Uh, We are raising funds for Officer Dan Morrell, who is a Milwaukee police officer who was recently shot in the line of duty, and he has got a long road ahead of him. So we're going to try and help out with some of his care. So please join us if you can. We also are still looking for sponsors for people to donate raffle baskets and all sorts of fun things. So we'd love to have you there if you can be there. Um, I'm going to go now. Bye. Have a great (laughs) night, you cool birds, you. Yeah, yeah, sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. If there's bed bugs, get out. Run. Get out of there. (laughs) Bye. Bye.